Hello there. This is the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. Episode 96 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast for Thursday, August 14th, 2014. It's unbelievable that it's already the middle of August and I still think, I still put June when I write my checks for my ladies. I am your host, Dan Skullcrusher. Intro and outro music today by A.L. Storm, of course, the kings of pirate metal, because they have a new album out and they have a song called The Battle of Cartagena and it's awesome. Today I am joined by Mike Spriggs, all the way from New York City. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Great. Awesome. And also, obviously, my brother Klaus of Cycling Inquisition fame. Brother, how are you doing? Better than Mike. As always. Every As time. Always. Yeah. Mike, you should try to do to do better than Klaus. Just even. introduce me second next time and I'll get oh, it. Oh, shoot. Yes, that's what it is. No. Mike, that'll never happen. That'll <laughs> never happen. Blood is thicker than blood than water. No, it's in my contract rider. <laughs> That is your contract. Uh, our side blog and episode show notes receptacle, speedmetalcycling.com. And the name that cyclist project is also there. So you can learn how to pronounce the names of uh, different cyclists. Info at speedmetalcycling.com is the email address. And you can follow us on Twitter at speedmetalcycle. On Instagram, uh, I am the skull crusher, all one word, crusher with a K. And all those links, of course, are on the site as well. The Speed Metal Cycling kits have been delivered, and I've already received uh, many an email with images of people sporting them. And so if you haven't done so, then please do. And let me know if it's okay for me to put it uh, up on the website. I'm thinking about doing a little, like, gallery of, of people using the wearing the jerseys. Especially if you're a lady and you order the jersey, because I don't have any photos of ladies. And I know that a couple of ladies ordered the jersey and the bibs. So... Please do me that favor. Info at speedmetalcycling.com. All right. Plenty to get to. There's been a lot of stuff going on since the last time we were on. But at the same time, not much at all because there really hasn't been much racing. But plenty of other crap. So uh, unless you guys have anything to say, can we go ahead and start with some news? Let's start with some news. Let's do the news. All right. Uh, Domenico Pozzovivo um, almost hit a cat and then broke... Like two bones in his knee. Was it a black cat? I don't know. I I didn't read that part. Like the Janet Jackson song? I don't know. Or what about, uh, speaking of awesome 80s ladies, better than Janet Jackson, what about that song where it was a rapping cat that Paul Abdul had? Remember that? Scat cat. Like scat cat. (laughs) 
Anyway, I don't know if it was either of those, but I was looking forward to seeing Pozzo Vivo in the Vuelta, and now he's out of the Vuelta because he likes cats. And I don't know. I mean, I love animals myself, but I would have just gone for it. Apparently, he was coming down from the Stelvio, and he saw the cat and tried to avoid it and lost it. And Did I the just, cat live? I don't know. I, probably. I don't think he, he said it bumped. He said it bumped his wheel, which I am assuming was lost in translation. Because wh- When what, you're what going down, you can't really bump a wheel <laughs> if you're a small animal. I think it probably crushed its skull. Cut its head off. Yeah. No, but I thought he actually avoided him completely. I didn't read that part that he... Uh, See, but I don't think he was trying to avoid the cat. Uh, he was trying to not crash. But he did crash, so he didn't do it. No, but he was trying not to. Like, he wasn't mm. doing it for the love of cats. He was doing it for the love of Domenico Posovivo. This is how you get knee herpes. <laughs> this, hey. Well, it's contagious. I'm going to mention knee herpes in every podcast from now until episode 200. From now? Okay, that's cool. That sounds good. Um... But uh, I was just thinking that Domenico Pozzovivo was so little that maybe what happened is it was a cat on the road and he crashed into the cat because he's so little, get it? Like, crashed uh, into the cat. The cat you see, you see what he did there? <sighs> what about, have you seen a photo of uh, Betancourt on Twitter, Mike? He looks like a fat, he looks like, uh, what's his face from the, from the, from the Godfather? He looks like uh, <laughs> Marlon Brando. Like Marlon Brando. <laughs> no, 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 he is a fat potato. He's the Colombian Marlon Brando. Yes, he is. He looks very, very, very out of shape. Interestingly enough, though, you can't really see the knee herpes. No, no trace of it. <laughs> he looks almost exactly like he did last year for the Vuelta. Mm, I don't know. I would. I would. If I didn't have anything better to do, I would actually search photos and, and compare, but he is looking mighty big. He's looking like a like an old lady. He's also not a big guy, right? No. Uh, he's he's short, but yeah. I mean yeah, he's looking a little tubby. I'll I'll put the photo that I'm talking about on the website. Um He's jeopardizing the value of my AG two R jersey if he spotted it. Well don't jersey. worry about it. He's leaving the team anyway, so it doesn't really matter. If All anybody right. if anybody is out there jeopardizing the, 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 the value of AG two R jersey is Domenico Bosavivo, who's trying to not <laughs> kill cats and then he breaks his bones. He so I was gonna say I think he's like my height, but he's listed at actually he's listed as five six. He's a little shorter, and he's listed at 132. 132? More like 175. No. Yes. Good Lord, no. Yes. Yes. No, of course not. But, I mean, he's he looks a little chubby in the neck, and his elbows are looking a little chunky. I think he maybe put on 10, 15 pounds. His elbows? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you can tell when people gain weight, like, right above their elbows. Like, I don't know how to explain it, like... Whatever, like at the back of their, their arm. but Arm flab. Like a little arm flab, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even, maybe not even 15 pounds. You know what's amazing, though? 15 pounds of arm flab? No, not just arm oh. flab, neck flab, He's butt not a housewife. Like, oh, he looks like one. He should be wearing a muumuu. Good Lord, no. But the thing is, that's amazing, is regardless of the shape that he's in, like, he, he'll probably finish the welta. Well, we'll see, of course, but uh, I think that he, if he were to wear a muumuu, an AG2R muumuu would be pretty funny. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
all he needs is the AG2R Mumu and then some rollers for his hair and a rolling pin. Needless to say, the standards and how people think pro cyclists look is very different. Oh, yeah, of course. If anybody else in the world saw him, be like, oh, my God, that boy needs a meal. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think I, you know, wait aside, I do think there's clearly some issues there. And he just has trouble. I don't think it's just a matter of him keeping, you know, his his weight down like Jan Ulrich did. I think, you know, he has other issues. And I know he's talked about family stuff that he's going through. And I don't know. I kind of worry about the guy. Well, we'll see. I worry about the value of Mike's uh, AG2R jersey in his freezer right now. Thank you. There was a listener that uh, made a joke about on Twitter about Mike's fridge and the Speedmino cycle. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. He said that he got the Speedmino jersey kit and he thought it was awesome or something. And I was like, oh, send a photo of you wearing it. He goes, I can't. I put it in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was funny. Um, Okay, so the other bit of news. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other little things, but I wanted to talk about uh, the new sponsor for Belkin is the Dutch Lottery which is called the Lotto. And I can tell you now before the this is like what month are we in? We're like 4 or 5 months away from the beginning of next season. I can already tell you that I'm going to call that team that team the Vitamon Lotto because it's the Lotto. It's the too close to it's a different lotto, I know. It's like the Dutch and the Belgian lottos, but it's like it's the same thing. It's the the the, the Lotto yeah, and the Vitamon Lotto. Lotto is still around. I know, it's going to be weird. It's going to be like two lottos. And then also like FDJ. It's like too many lotteries. I don't like it. I have a serious issue with too many. With too many lotteries. How many. cool would it be if the U- if a, the next U.S. team was the Powerball team? <laughs> <laughs> Do they still have the commercials in New York where the Powerball guy or whatever, the New York lotto guy comes out and is like... Hey, somebody's going to win. Might as well be you. Because that would be awesome if it was the New York Lottery. Because yeah. they had the dopey logo with like a pot of gold, don't they? <laughs> it's so dumb. No, well, what if uh, you have like a pro-continental team that's just like scratch-offs? Oh, even better. <laughs> the jersey is actually scratch-offs. Yeah, or like the Florida State Lottery scratch-off pot of gold Lucky Charm. Oh, you know, I haven't lived in Florida in many, many, many years, but I wonder if they still have the, you know how the lotto has like the six number one and then the five number one that is twice a week. Most states have this. The one in Florida is called Flamingo Five. (laughs) Florida is so cheesy. They're like, yeah, sure, let's go with the stereotype. Why not? (laughs) It would be a great name for a team. Like I love... Thinking of names, uh, what was the one like Word Perfect? Word Perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like awesome sponsors that should have a team. That's even amazing. If they're not that would be if, like right now there was a team called Microsoft Word. That would be that would be amazing. Or like Microsoft PowerPoint. No, I think Adobe Photoshop would be the best name for a team. Yeah, like a pro team. Yeah. You know, with the Lotto thing, though, now I'm thinking there there is a team in Col- at least one team in Colombia, Loteria de Bogota. I don't. I, yeah, they don't exist the only anymore. Ones with money. Yeah, no, no, no. There's a couple of, of yeah, those. Yeah, there's yeah. also the armed forces. The army sponsors a team. Yeah, which I am actually. 
that would be actually good if if the army or the or the air force or something got into sponsoring a team because they i mean the national guard and the air force both sponsor nascar teams you know it would be even better now that the cia is on twitter i think i think the cia should sponsor a team <laughs> wait the cia is on twitter yeah in wow. like a, in like a weirdly jokey kind of way you should look it up it's but it's really it's, them or it's embarrassing no it is really them but and they're trying true. to be like we get social media we're cool and they're like Here's a you know here's a Bin Laden joke or something. It's like really guys, this, what is going on here? You know I don't. Why do I want the CIA to be funny and get social media? I don't. Exactly. Why don't you, why don't you concentrate on like? Just you know, monitor Twitter. You don't have to be on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You you can you know you violate other people's rights. Don't let yourselves violate your. That's just dumb. It's just silly. What if that account is um, subpoenaed? It could be. It's like ridiculous. that. Yeah, the one for the Brooklyn Bridge like flags or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something else here I have a note for. Uh, the Vuelta Colombia is going on right now. And Klaus, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. is not being broadcast live anywhere, correct? Not even in Colombia. Yeah, no, not that I know of. So this is a race that has had so much heritage, so much history. And they can't even get their stuff together to broadcast it live. Yeah, there's no money. Well, is it that there is no money or is it that, okay, let's say, let's say that there is no money. Now, is there no money in Colombian cycling because companies don't believe that cycling is popular in Colombia and, and, and worth sponsoring much the same way that it's here in the United States? Or do you think companies in, in Colombia are really staying away because of the doping thing? I don't think they get, I don't think they know care. I don't think the doping thing is an issue at all. So you don't think that the Vuelta itself is, is is maybe hiding itself a little bit by not broadcasting itself, knowing that if we were to be broadcast and teams from mm-hmm. other countries were maybe interested, they would go over there and realize that it's impossible for them to win in a situation like that because so there's just so much. I'm saying it's a self-imposed, funny self-imposed blackout. I, I, no, I think it's just like the same old 10 people running the sport and they're making good money doing it like they're doing it now. Why, why go through the trouble of doing it any differently? It's very sad. No, I think, I mean, I think they're going to try to drive it into the ground. I mean, there's been attempts to fix it here and there, but, you know, those people get discouraged and, yeah, I mean, or, I don't know. Or threatened. Well, well, it's a whole thing. It's, it's really sad. It's, it's a really sad thing. Anyway, hey, on a more positive note, Brian Smith, also known as Smithy, from uh, you know from Eurosport, uh, was appointed the new general manager of uh, Mountain Chewbacca. Uh, and oddly enough, Renat is now a Swanier with Lotto Belzol. <laughs> Renat. Oh my goodness, that's a pretty good. I wonder how many people. What are you, what did you guesstimate of percentage of people that got that reference? I would say if you're listening to this podcast, you're at least sixty to seventy percent likely to understand Renat. 
if you follow me on Twitter, you're probably 100% because every single time that I'm watching anything on sports and they say Renat, I tweet the word Renat. <laughs> it's weird because once the summer comes, you don't think about Renat all that much. It's mostly in the spring that you're really in a Renat kind of state of mind. I actually kind of stalked him for a while, find out if he's married, what he looks like, though. <laughs> yeah, I found he has a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. He does. He, he he actually tweets his own name very often. I like that he's an actual. He's a what? He's an actual living, breathing human being who works in broadcasting as a professional. And to us, he's on the level of like Dirk Hoffman, or even worse than Dirk Hoffman. Well, uh, yeah, no, exactly at the same level. Like Dirk Hoffman doesn't really exist in my in my world. It's like it's just some name. It's the same yeah. thing as Renat. I wonder if to Belgians he's like Craig Hummer. <laughs> Probably. Well, I, heard, I heard CIA Pro Cycling is looking to recruit him. <laughs> Speaking of, here's a question. I looked, at, as far as I could tell, Craig Hummer has never written anything. And George Hincap, we trusted him to ghostwrite his book. Wait, he's never written anything, like even like a paper in his English class in high school? Like he doesn't know how to write or like... I don't, well, based on the reviews and some of the excerpts that I saw, it looks like he can't. <laughs> he, he couldn't even finish high school English. I just wonder, like, they must be amazingly great friends if George Hincapie goes, yeah, why not? Klaus, if George Hincapie contacted you to ghostwrite his book, would you do it? No, I'd send him to Craig Hummer. <laughs> Is that what you did? Of course. <laughs> That's what happened, huh? <laughs> no, I think, I'm like, I mean, good for him. You know, he did a book. I just wonder, like... Mike, if someone came to you and said, hey, can you do a fresco in the ceiling of my living room? Would you be like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm not is. saying it's as hard. I'm just, I guess I just find it interesting that he was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this. Oh, Mike, did, he's written other stuff. I don't know. I didn't know you did the whole fresco thing, Mike. Oh, fresco? I thought you said fresca. <laughs> it's like uh, you're going to paint the can of the fresca. I was thinking more like, hey, dude, can you bring a, on your way here, can you pick up a two liter of fresca? I used to love Fresca. Do they still make Fresca? Yes, they do, actually. Maybe it's grapefruit soda with no calories. I was, uh, I was at a wedding uh, in, like, New England recently, and the day after, it was, like, a, a, a lobster thing or whatever, like, brunch thing or whatever. And a clam bake? It wasn't a clam bake. What, what do they call those things? Lobster fest? Uh, no, that's what they bake. have at Red Lobster. Red Lobster uh, yeah. is lobster Lo- it's a lobster bake. It's a lobster bake. So they had like the typical quintessential uh, like uh, a cooler of, of drinks outside and one of them was blue and then the other one was red and the blue one was like daddy sodas. It was all beers. And then the other one was just regular sodas and like 50% of them were frescas. And I was like, I haven't seen fresca in forever. This is delicious. So I grabbed one and then the wife made fun of me. <laughs> so wait, like, is fresca like tab? I don't, I don't, I don't, why would somebody make fun of somebody else for drinking something that is delicious, sparkly, it's refreshing? And has, it, it, yeah, it, it is. Such... It's very nice. It's not a strong flavor. It's not super sugary. And it has zero calories. I'm always mindful and I try to be the advocate for the, those listeners that are not living in the United States. What can we compare Fresca to? Ah, uh, San Pellegrino. <laughs> oh, like a diet Fanta. Oof. But Fanta is no so sugary, though. I, I, I thought of San Pellegrino or something like that because it's not sugary. But it's isn't there a fa- isn't there a grape and... isn't there a lighter flavor Fanta that's not orange or grape? I, I don't know. Man. No, <laughs> it's all radioactive. Yeah, that stuff is ridiculous. But 
I don't know. I was made fun of, and I still don't know why. What's wrong with Fresca? However, Fresca as a sponsor for a team would be good. I've always or thought a podcast. Coca Cola. Ooh, the Coca Cola company. Give me a call. Hey, shoot me an email. I- I- info at speedmetalcycling dot com. Coca Cola. Is Fresca if you're owned by Coca Cola? Yes, they're a Coca Cola. Uh, anyway, back to Mountain Chewbacca, they've also switched to Cervelo bikes, whichever way. I think it's funny. What's Garmin going to use? I heard rumors, but I forget. What, what would they use? Oh, I don't know. I thought that they were going to stay with Cervelo. No, I think Cervelo is only going to have one team. What would they use? Cannondale. Cannondale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is Cannondale, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's the rumor. Cannondale. Because Cannondale is not going to have a team anymore, so they want probably want a presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so I, I have a new dog, and, uh, well, he's not new to the world, he's new to my house. Yeah? Yeah, he's been around the world for a while, but he's new to my house, and he was just crying just now. Because he doesn't like Cannondale? No, because, uh, he's like, talk about Mountain Chewbacca, please. Oh, I was also asked already if he's gonna have a fantasy team for the Vuelta. Um... I've watched a couple of, uh, like, two stages of the Eneco tour with him, and he's, he's learning, but I don't know that he, he's going to know enough by, by the Vuelta. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay, last thing about Mountain Chewbacca. Uh, there's the rumors that Edvald Boss and Hagen may go to Mountain Chewbacca. Well, he's not doing anything now, so might as well. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, obviously the sky... I, I think, you know, like... He announced, like, oh, I've been talking to Sky, I've been thinking about it, whatever, but I think I'm going to leave, whatever. I think Sky, the PR machine that they are, they probably went up to him and was like, hey, dude, listen, we really don't want you back at all. But if you want to save face, then why don't you tell people that you are walking away because, you know, blah, 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 blah. So then they politely asked him not to renew his contract. (laughs) And that's what happened. I don't know. That's what Maybe. I think. But, yeah. but hold on. One last yeah. thing. Of course, I mean, so, so th- there's rumors now that Bosenhagen may be going to Mountain Chewbacca. And Brian Smith, also known as Smithy, uh, said that it's like the Carlos Sastre Tor Husha situation at the Cervelo team, you know what, five, six years ago now. Mm. And, like, you know, go down to go back up. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they need something better than Bosenhagen or uh, Cholik. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, we're looking at a couple of marquee riders, and I'm like... Ooh, Sammy Sanchez. I'm like, uh, like marquee? Like, Edel Bosenhagen hasn't been marquee in three years. This guy was like the next coming of Jesus, and then he just didn't come at all. He was like, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus stayed in... Hey! Dirty oh, minds. Oh. Get your minds out of the gutter. I meant, like, he just never showed up. He was like... Hey, Jesus is coming. He's in the next bus. Don't worry about it. And then they show Jesus, and he's still in the in the bus station, wondering where the bus is. And the bus already left. That's I what mean, happened. To he's young enough that it could still, you know, that come back you, up. He's like twenty seven years old now. That's not that old. Well, it's not super old, but by by then, most people that were gonna arrive have already arrived. He's from uh, Norway. He's coming from a long ways out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he is Norwegian, right? Isn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah Norwegian. Speaking of, uh, Tor Hushoft, that's not happening either anymore. Well, he's old, and he had his thing. I mean, he was world champion. Edward Wozenhagen hasn't been in the neighborhood of Tor Hushoft. Which also 
this season, based on what Rui Costa has done, it sometimes makes you realize, like, almost anyone, of course, could be world champion. Like, Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I still think Rigoberto Urán would have had it. I, listen, I think God that... Damn, yes, if he hadn't crashed. Anybody could be... Of course, not everybody, but, yeah, the, the world championship is one race. It's quite open. What if Chris Horner wins this year and he's world oh champion? Oh, my God. What if he retires did, with the rainbows? With the did you guys rainbows? see the uh, interview that uh, Will... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Frischborn? Smith? Will Smith? Will... No, no, not the... Not the... Not the Prince of Bel-Air. Will Frischkorn, who... Man, am I saying that right? Help me here. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, Mike, you're no help at all. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I know How is saying. that not help at all? You asked, am I saying it Frischkorn. right? And he said, yeah. Frischkorn? I don't know. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne? No. Fresh, Lawrence Tendam? No. Frischhorn. <laughs> Robin Are Williams. Are you guys German? Well, but he's American. Uh, I don't know how he pronounces it. Well, whatever. Anyway, that dude. Yeah, you know, he raised for um, Garmin and stuff like that. Did you see his quote that was very obviously about Horner. No. It's uh, it's that website, The Outer Line. And uh, hold on, let me, I actually had it here. Yeah. From their piece, it says, Frischkorn tells of one older rider, still active in the professional peloton, who essentially explained to him the ropes of EPO usage, where to buy it, how to store it, and how to use it. This is in the context of when he was racing for Saturn. Oh, as far yeah, as I know, there's only one guy that was in Saturn that's that still active. That is still riding? Oof. Uh, Do you think that Saturn, the company, went out of business because of the cycling team? Of course. <laughs> of course. It's very obvious that that's the fact. Clear but correlation. I looked into it. I did the research. I've come to that conclusion, yes. <laughs> Either that or the faulty five-disc CD changer that my now-wife's car had when I met her. <laughs> Wait, she drove a Saturn? Yeah. I don't remember that. That CD changer sucked, and it was in the trunk. Like, <laughs> oh, you want to listen to something else? Okay, let's pull over. Yeah, I remember those. <laughs> I, know. Yeah, I, yeah. I know other cars had that, but I blame the entire company's uh, demise on that. Wait, Word Perfect also went out of business. Hmm. Well, now you know why. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, anyway, I, that, that's, that's kind of the news. There's also the Tour of Poland, we, which finished, and Rafael Maika won that uh, from uh, Tink of Saxo. Yoni uh, Sagirre, uh, it was second, and please, God, somebody tell the guys in Eurosport that his name is Isagirre, not Isagir. There's an E at the end, Isagirre. Uh, ben Arinchowski was oh, third. I, wait, wait, wait. Uh, English speaker, I know he's an American, but Mike, you would pronounce that R, right? You would say Isagire or something. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm why, say does yes. he, why do they say, yeah. and the other one that just drives me nuts is Mikel Niev. Why do yeah. you not pronounce well, yeah, that E I at the end? That. It's not a difficult thing. It's not like, well, I can't roll my R's. No, it's Nieve. It's one more syllable. It, yeah, I don't understand that. And what about... Anaconda. 
Oh, wait, I'm going to get to Anaconda. I think that's just amazing. Uh, I think I heard someone call him, call him Wiener Anacona. Uh, Or Wiener, is it Anaconda or Anacona? Anacona. No, no, no. But I think in English, either one is fine. Anacona. 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 That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Benyard was third. Christopher Blond was fourth. And my favorite, Premislav Niemiec. That was pretty good. What? That sounded like you said that backwards. Premiec. That's because that's his name is nuts. Let's ask Mike, Boris for that. That was the remix. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read that in forwards. Yeah. Well, let me uh, ask Boris for help. Uh, hey, Boris, how do I pronounce you, that guy's name? I have when to. you say his name backwards, uh, when it you says say- it's Winter Anaconda. <laughs> no, no, it says get the gun, get the gun, <laughs> shoot. Uh, Anyone under like thirty probably doesn't remember that reference. Get the gun, get the gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. What is that reference from? That was the trial. Was that was Ozzy Osbourne, right? Not Judas Priest. Or when they went to trial for, uh, which is amazing to think that like a band could go to trial and be like risk going to jail or something for backwards messages that were supposedly in their music. That's yeah. that supposedly told people what to do. Yeah, and this is not even that long ago. There was already like television and phones. There was microwave ovens. Yeah, they were like, especially because today you could something out- backwards and that means people are actually going to do it. Well, I think at the time, I just remember looking at the news and going, do you know that there are actual bands that say worse stuff, not backwards, but they would go, get the gun. It's in the second drawer. Here's how you put the bullet. Here's how you're going to shoot yourself. Yeah, backwards. Meanwhile, backwards. there's bands like Slayer straight out saying sacrifice to Satan. Like, I don't understand what their problem was with Judas Priest saying something backwards when other company, when other bands were actually saying stuff Forwards. Forwards. It just makes yeah. no sense to me. All right, you ready for Boris to help us with this? Yeah, please. Przemysław Niemiec. What? Przemysław Niemiec. That first name Przemysław is the hard Niemiec. part. Niemiec. Przemysław Niemiec. Stop talking. Przemysław Niemiec. Przemysław Niemiec. Przemysław Niemiec. He just says it too quickly. Przemysław Niemiec. It sounds like Przemysław, but it's P-R-Z-E-M. I'm guessing that's Piem, Mislav, Piemislav, Priemislav, Niemiec. I hope that's right. What is there one? Is there one vowel in that entire name? Primislav, Primislav. Yeah. No. There's an E and an A. I'm doing an interview with Boris. You're doing an interview with Boris? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's the editor of uh, of like the biggest. Boris, if you're listening to me say this, I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong, but he's the editor of what I think is like the biggest uh, road cycling magazine in uh, in Poland. Which also has a crazy name. I think the name of the ma- – hold on. I think I have the name of the magazine somewhere around here. I think that's oh, yeah. here's, here's the name of the magazine. Przemysław Niemiec. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to ask him really about – because I think – I mentioned this before. Like everyone's talking about Colombian cycling right now. But my God, the explosion of Polish talent is it's crazy. Insane! It's ridiculous. And I will go. And I think I've said this before on the on the on the podcast. Every single person from Poland that I have ever met has been super super nice. Some of them have been completely insane, but always nice. 
And if you put them so on a bike, apparently yeah. very talented. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how that, how that can even be. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we have uh, in the Tour of Poland, two people in the top five. Rafał Majka and Niemiec. So it was at the Tour of Poland last year that Darwin Atapuma got his contract with BMC by winning that stage. Yeah. It's funny, though, because I, if you look at the last year's Tour of Poland and then this year's Tour of Poland, and last year's was exciting. And this year's, I mean, that one stage that Rafael Maika won was kind of cool, but it was like this. Well, they went into Italy last year. Yeah, it, was, it seemed a little cooler. And, I mean, obviously, because the Team Colombia being there, but I guess that Team Colombia being there didn't make it exciting, but it was, ex- but it was like the reason that they were there is because it was going to be exciting because of the route. You know, like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it suited them, and they all live around there. Yeah. In northern Italy. In northern Italy, yeah. So, you know, awesome for uh, for Poland. Love it. Uh, the Tour of Utah, on the other hand, the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah. And I think everybody probably thinks that the Tour of Utah is called the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah because maybe there is, like, some war hero that is from Utah whose name is Larry H. Miller. or maybe Man, he's car like dealerships. A, yeah, it's a car dealership. <laughs> it's so sad. They name a raises their car dealership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty sad. So Tom, Tom Danielson, of course, won that one. Chris Horner was second. Uh, Winter Anaconda was third. Uh, ben Hermans was fourth. And Wilco Kertlerman, who had a great race, too. It was like another amazing, amazing Very steady, coward. steady. And that kid from Hincapie Development, he got himself a contract that day. Uh, what was it? Last cup. Yeah. Last day, yeah, he's done. Like that was, he's, good. That was a great stage. Yes. yes. I mean, the thing is, I don't know that there's much he could have really done to, you know, to win it. But, man, he got himself a contract for sure. Okay. Nice. Now, everybody must admit, though, that the weirdest thing to ever happen in cycling was that stage, that the second stage that Cadell Evans won. Because he crossed yeah. the line and gave the thumbs up. It was, I guess, the last stage. Yeah, he, he he crossed the line instead of celebrating. He just gave the thumbs up, like, "All right, dudes." And then Tom Danielson came behind and he like raised his arms, and then he gave the like, "I'm not a crook." Victory salute. I saw like, that because I I'm guess like, he's won the race twice, so he's saying like, uh, "I won it twice," and I'm like, "You're doing a Nixon impression." Right yeah, now. I, I ah, that's why he's won it twice. I didn't even yeah, think about I, it. I was I, like, I, "Wow, why, why are you Nixon? What is this?" <laughs> I have to say, I know I've mentioned this before. Kudos to Cadell Evans because his salutes, victory salutes, are the only ones that go with the American, you know, uh, adage. Yeah. When you get to the un- end zone, act like you've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> and Cadell Evans crosses. I still think of that insane stage at the Giro when he was world champion where it was through the Strada Bianca and all that crazy rain and all of that. And he crossed the line. He just put up his finger, like, barely. He was like, yup, I won that. <laughs> so same thing. And so we go, well, it's because it's a tour of Utah. But I'm like, I'm winning two stages in a row anywhere is a big deal. And he's just like, thumbs up, dudes. No, and here's the thing, too, is that when he actually lifted that one finger, just like when he gave the finger up, that, that, that's actually just a signal to the dude that keeps his Wikipedia page. Be like, all right, dude, put this one in there. Yeah, go ahead. Put another one. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of cool. I like Cadell Evans a lot. I a lot, a lot. I think he's just a, he's just a character. Also, I noticed uh, in the podium presentations, 
you can tell that he's been around for such a long time that he kind of knows how to handle himself and he smiles. Oh, the- he handles himself on stage. Oh, no, come oh on, no, buddy. he waits till after. But you know what I mean? He just <laughs> like, you know, Mark Cavendish was given crap because he wouldn't smile with the girls when they kissed him for the picture and stuff. Cadellum just looks like such a pro. Like he, you can tell he's been there many times. That was that was the did you see the stage where he got into the argument with the uh I think it was the Swiss rider? And then he called the team the Trek guy and he called the team car over to yell at him about the rider because he wouldn't pull in the break. Really? Yeah. Whoa no, I didn't see that. I did not um, see that either. What the hell was the guy's name? I'm gonna forget. Swiss well, guy, was, what team? Trek. Oh, from there, Trek. There was also the scarf scarfuffle between what? Lucas User and Jens Voigt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Wait, tell me about that. I didn't see that. Just because Jens wouldn't pull and he wanted to win the stage, uh, so it didn't suit his needs. I mean, his explanation of it made sense. Lucas User was just like, you know, he wasn't doing any he's work. Like, like, yeah, he's, he's like, retire already, dude. Like, get out of my way. Yeah, like, he's old and he should just, writers like him should just leave. Ricardo Zoidal. That, how uh, can I Zoidle. not remember that guy's name? Zoidal? It sounds like uh, Jerry Lewis would be saying it. but. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds yeah, like Robin right. Williams. So anyway, Zoidal sounds like Robin Williams should be like saying In a five-man break, he refused to – you know how people do. They refuse to work. It just happens. So Cadelli started yelling at him and then like calls the Trek car over and like gives that guy an earful. Called but his then, parents. But then, <laughs> called his parents. But then my point was is that on the podium, he was super professional. You know, they had a glass of beer and they like – he like cheered each guy and, the, and was totally cool about it. And it wasn't – obviously did not – did not hold over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So – you know, um, <clears throat> I find this interesting. In the podium where Anaconda was third on that stage, in the podium, he went he went up to Cadell Evans and spoke to him. And they had a little back and forth. And when that happens in cycling, right away I go, what language are they speaking in? And I like backtracking and going, okay, Cadell lives in – has lived in Italy, now lives in Switzerland, <laughs> but right by the Italian border – Anacona race for Italian teams. They're speaking Italian. Mm-hmm. I think they were speaking Spanish. Cadell Evans' Spanish is pretty good. Esperanto. <laughs> of course. Oh. Why wouldn't they speak Esperanto? That's- the international meeting place. I don't know. I just go through those uh, the that mental exercise always like, what language do they have in common and how do they do it? Which reminds me, yes, 100%, absolutely, I'm going to ask winner Anaconda about Chris Horner's Spanish. Ooh, nice. You yeah, better believe please. it. <laughs> and ask him ask him if he minds being called the Anaconda. Because he's like tiny. It would be the funniest nickname. Because yeah. he's, he's so little and so not an Anaconda. No. Plus, no. I mean, you know, like there's the El Puma Atapuma. Anaconda, Anaconda. That would be awesome. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you've ever seen... Anaconda, uh, the movie with Ice Cube? <laughs> no, no, no. If you've ever seen Darwin Atapuma like talk or move or something other than just writing, he is the most unpuma-like, like yes. like a weird little like kitten. <laughs> well, kittens are kind of puma-like. I no, but nah, like a, a stuffed cat. Then oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know. And but an, Anaconda, at least he's got some sweet ink. He's got some sweet what? 
he's got sweet ink on the guns. Oh, oh. really? Nice. Yeah, so if people call him Anaconda, he's like, yeah, I got one here, one over here. He kisses his biceps before he punches him in the face? Okay, before he punches Chris Horner for trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, what, if, what if Horner wins the Vuelta again? Mike, get the holy hell out of town. <laughs> Come on, he, think, he okay. and I think he's going to do it. Klaus? Mike, Klaus? listen to me. Klaus? Would you be willing to put your where your mouth is? Hell no, because if Mike is right, my whole world will collapse. <laughs> will collapse. You'll lose all your press credentials. I should. I should just say this, Mike. You have to understand. You're speaking to two Colombians. We have this belief that if you say something, it will happen. Yes, when it's something correct. bad, like. Mike, if you said, oh, my God, what if I get hit by a truck today? I'll go, Mike, Jesus, don't say that. It's going to happen. So if I believe that, similarly, I have to believe that if you say something that's not as bad as getting hit by a truck. I don't know. I think that Mike getting hit by a bus and Horner winning, winning the Vuelta España for the second time are just about as bad. <laughs> What if they happen on the same day? <laughs> See, I'm uncomfortable with discussing this because it's yes, the mic part. You know is, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, That's I'm, why I'm not even joking about it. So I know right. you're not going to get hit by a bus or a truck, Mike. And yeah, this whole tempting fate is a very Colombian thing. People don't like doing it. Really? But I would say that if Chris Horner wins... Okay, if Chris Horner wins the World of Spain again, Klaus shaves his head. If he doesn't, Mike shaves his head. <laughs> Mike already has a shaved head. Exactly. I think if Chris Horner wins, Mike should eat his hat. <laughs> his hat, yeah. Eat Chris Horner's hat? Your hat. Uh. Your own. Mike's like, wait, I have to eat a hat, and now I'm out a hat too? <laughs> That's okay. Oh, got, hit- grab one of the Rafa hats from the store and just eat that. Okay. The, the thing is, they are delicious. <laughs> his forks is good. Of course, the thing is that the Vuelta, it, there's going to be crazy guns blazing, right? I mean, so Contador might be there. No, he won't be. No? He's so that's a game time he's, decision. He, right? Yeah, that's gonna, what I thought. He's not going to go. That they're saying yeah. he's recuperating fast. I don't know. He's not in their short list either. For the, they just released their short list, and it's like the Sorensons and like oh, but the, even without him we talked about Jesus this. Hernandez is in it Chris no they said they said that they said they'll make a decision like really soon before the race and someone will get Bradley Wiggins will get scratched <laughs> he's not even yeah, in the so, race he's not even in the team yeah, no yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah so we talked about this before but it's Rigoberto Nairo Quintana oh, Chris have, Froome and Wiggins are they both going I thought Wiggins was getting the Volta. And now it's not going. No, is... Wiggins has to go to England to to, to, to like defend his. He won a Grand Fondo that day. <laughs> oh. I mean, honestly, He's I actually gonna this, be... this, this is the perfect opportunity for Horner to just go fly under the radar. I remember. <laughs> get the hell out of here! There's so many good people going. Wiggins, Wiggins yeah. can't do the Volta because he's going to be on this podcast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, a, a, at the rate a, he's going, a, I a remember scheduling conflict. after he won the tour, someone wrote something, I, an article, I forget, that said, could this, could this have been the last time Wiggins ever rides the tour? And I was like, that's crazy. I don't know. It's like the Colombian thing. They said it out loud and, and it happened. I was going to say, you thought that was crazy. What about Chris Horner winning the Vuelta again? 
I can't wait. Based on the short list that the teams that. have, uh, based on the short list that the teams have released, released here's here's like some of the people that I wrote down that I thought would be interesting that are in the Vuelta, and I think like we've been talking about since the tour, this is a pretty chock full of talent Vuelta. Uh, in no particular order, Betancourt, Fabio Aru, Lawrence Tendam, Cadell Evans, Philippe Gilbert, Sami Sanchez, Peter Sagan, Oscar Gato, David Millar, Talansky, Hesedal, Anaconda, Cunego, Horner, Posato, Niemiec, Serpa, Igor Anton, Valverde, Quintana, Cavendish, Uran, Esteban Chavez, Degen Cole, Purit Rodriguez, Danny Moreno, Kolobnev, Froome, Juliana Redondo, Cancelara, and of course, Jesus Hernandez. Wow. Is Wings just going to be in England doing laps in a velodrome? No, he has to defend his crown at the Tour of Britain. So what? The, do you guys think he should just leave Sky? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think no, he should he go rest- back to Coffee Dis. <laughs> what if he goes to um, mountain bike Chewbacca? <laughs> there you go. That He is marquee. I hope Chris Horner is sleeping in a xenon gas tent. No, he put on his Darth Vader helmet, and that's like a portable tent. <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to win it. He's going to win he it. He is. I cannot he's wait. It's going to be Get the hell out of here. Do you think he's going to beat Froome and Quintana and Rigoberto Uran? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow, God. somewhere. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be like WrestleMania 27. <laughs> what? WrestleMania the- 27 didn't really have that amazing of Lineup, Has there already been 27? Yeah, of course. Oh. Well, if there's any Grand Tour that can be like WrestleMania, it's the Vuelta. I would say that the Vuelta is more going to be less like a WrestleMania and more like a Royal Rumble pay-per-view event. I'll just say because WrestleMania has just the one big main event. That would be, I guess, the like Froome versus... Nibali or something for the tour or something or you know that's like just one or the triple threat match between Contador and Froome and Nibali whereas this is going to be just a hodgepodge of crazy insanity so I think it's more of like the Royal Rumble but wait so based on age and looks do you think Chris Horner's the Undertaker oh yeah based on age absolutely the Undertaker's like 69 years old so that's about, yeah, that's about what Chris Horner is, right? Mike, don't put these thoughts in my head that Chris Horner could win. Last year he won, but it wasn't the competition that he's going to have this year. But now he has the confidence. Get the hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, get, with my head. Get ready he also never sits down in his, on his climbs. Yep. He has that going for him, too. And his elbows out. stick right out. Yeah. Klaus, get ready to shave your head. Man, get out of here. It's true. Um, going on right now, guys, are uh, three races that are all, you know, preparing for the Vuelta. Different people are in different ones. But uh, to give people an idea of sort of what they should watch for, the Vuelta Burgos is going on uh, right now. And um, Nairo Quintana is the defending champion. Carlos Betancourt is in it as well, leading AG2R. Um David Arroyo and Amish Churruca. What if Betancourt wins Burgos? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I'll shave my head. Why can I convince you guys of anything as unlikely? God damn it. Carlos Betancourt right now looks like a fat woman. Is that's easy. Today's stage of the of the of the of Burgos was awesome. It was like a kinda of like a sprint like spring classic sprint. Like slow motion sprint and uphill. 
and Juan Holobato wanted for Movistar. It was awesome. But the key stages, I think, for Burgos, if people want to check this out, uh, Friday the 15th is the Comunero de la Revenga to Lagunas de Neila. There's seven categorized climbs, including an HC climb at the, at the finish, the finish line. And then Sunday on the 17th is the last stage of the time trial. So obviously that will um, decide the race. But, How um, would it just be awesome if a race like Burgos had the tour tracker? Powered by Adobe. Uh, it would be cool. It would be actually mm. be really cool. You could actually watch it as opposed to having to wait for the YouTube Every video. should have that. Like you have to go somewhere, you just watch it on your phone. Oh, look at that. I have Burgos in my pants. In my pocket. You know I what you I just mean? Named, you just named There's the, the podcast title. Burgos there in you my go. pants. Oh, I have Burgos in my pants. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have it in your pocket, like at arm's reach. Jesus, I mean, I'm watching the tour of Utah, and I'm like, I'm watching like an entire stage in freaking Utah, just because it's there. It's availability, you know. I know, I know. But uh, speaking of availability and unavailability, uh, the Euskadi team is folding, and it looks like the Vuelta Burgos is going to be their last race after 22 years. The team is folding. 181 victories in 20 different countries. And they are done. What a total, total, total bummer. You know what's weird is, you know, there's so many riders in, that were in Euskatel Euskadi that you kind of lose track of where everyone went. But I just realized that at the Tour of Utah, one of the guys was there with uh, Team Smart Stop. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the important guys, I know where they are. You know, the Igor Antons, the Ames Churruca, Gorka Isaguirre, you know, Ioni Isaguirre, all those guys I know, but... Yeah, it but it's just a bunch that you wonder, like, where the hell did they end up? I mean, I didn't really wonder. I just didn't See, care. I do. I worry about these things. I stay up at night wondering, like, where are those guys? Okay. Who is the cyclist that has the awesomest name? Mike, you're the only one that can say it. I can't say it. Who? Winter Anaconda? No, Mike, your favorite sprinter of all time. Jamaluddin Abdul-Jabarov. Thank you. <laughs> You think that's cooler than okay? So the Vuelta Burgos, the Ecuador team is there, right? Except the Ecuador team only has one Ecuadorian, and everybody else is a Spaniard, because they're sponsored by Movistar as well. They're like a continental Movistar team, basically, but they're coming as the Ecuadorian team. The 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 sole Ecuadorian in his in the team, his name is Segundo Mesías. Segundo is his first name. Messias is his middle name. He's the second coming of Christ. He's the second Messiah. His name is Second Messiah. Wow. Dude, what? that is awesome. Wow. Segundo That's scary. Messias. How amazing is that? Oh, Burgos. Wait, what? They're not in, in Burgos. The team is in uh, the Tour of uh, the Tour de Line. Yeah, because. They couldn't be in, the, in Burgos because two teams sponsored by the same company can't be in the same team in the same race, according to UCI rules. And because Team Ecuador is sponsored by Movistar, they wouldn't have been able to race with Movistar. Anyway, the guy's name is Segundo Mesías Navarrete Navarrete. That is an awesome name. And he's the only Ecuadorian in Team Ecuador. God bless him. So thank you very much to Sefen a listener, for pointing out. He was like, wait a second, is this guy's name Second Messiah? I was like, oh my God, yes, it is. That's amazing. But he's racing in the Tour de Lane, not in uh, Burgos. 
I'm sorry about that. Um, Klaus, you said you wanted to say something about the Vuelta Colombia. Yeah, just because <clears throat> it came up, I forgot to mention this when we brought it up briefly. Um, you know, some of the things that they've tried to do are sort of admirable if they were being done for the right reasons, but then you kind of feel bad because I kind of feel like they're not being done for the right reasons. Uh, this year, one of the teams is the from Choco, which uh, to people who may not know is... Nobody um, knows, Klaus. <laughs> the only well, people that know I, But Chocó there's some people that are Colombian that are listening. So it's a department in Colombia that's along the western coast. It's probably one of the poorer areas of Colombia. It's also, interestingly, primarily black Yes, and it's the second rainiest region in the world. Yeah, so it's a rough place to grow up, and the league had fielded a team. And when pictures of the team at the presentation were put online, people right away were like, oh boy, because some of the guys were kind of big. Like and, like Betancourt big? or? I mean, uh, <laughs> they just you could tell. I mean, some of them look big like muscular. Like big track dudes, oh. and some were just kind of like soft. I mean, you know, but you feel like bad. I mean, soft. They don't. They ha- they were racing on their own bikes. One bike that I saw, the wheel brand was Monster, like with the logo of the energy drink. <laughs> so you know it wasn't. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and as far as I can tell, they all retired like by the second day. Oh, dude, that's you sucks. know. Uh, there was an interview with one guy. I'm going to write a little thing about this. I think. <clears throat> There's an interview with one guy. I mean, they all have jobs. None of them are professionals. Uh, one guy, he does construction. And uh, in the town that some of these guys live in, there's only one paved road. It's 25 kilometers. They just do it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because that's all they can do. The ta- the street, the road goes to Quibdo. And then the road that was supposed to be built from Quibdo to Medellin has been under construction since like the 1940s. And... You know, I mean, I feel I feel terrible for these guys, and I thought so, it was really terrible. That, that would people... be like if, like, for the tour of Utah, um, Alabama had a team. No, no, you can't even compare. I mean, <laughs> but you know, I just feel bad because how the many guys... how many paved roads are there in Alabama, really? No, come on. <laughs> I just feel bad that the guys were mocked, and some people were like, "Oh, look at a picture of this guy," and I'm like, you know, it's kind of shitty that they were even put in that situation, like. You know what I mean? They don't. They were just trying their best. They're out of their element, of course. And I guess, if nothing else, this is what makes me realize how awful it is that Oscar Sevilla, a guy who you know was a high placing, what was he fourth or whatever at the Tour de France, and this is who he's racing against. Not that everyone's at that level, but it also underscores how the Vuelta well, Colombia. I mean, how but, are they picking these teams? But also, I mean, Oscar Sevilla. I mean, he's what. Uh, 62, 63 by now? Uh, 61. <laughs> he doesn't look a day over 50. Yet, yet he's still, he's still the favorite. He's like sixth in the GC right now, and he's still the favorite to win the Vuelta Colombia again, even though he really, he's like, what, 34, 35? And if he's this good and he can win the Vuelta Colombia so often. Yeah, he's definitely in his late 30s, I, I think, but... Mountain Chewbacca should sign him. But this is why I... I I do think Matt Rendell was absolutely right in that he he didn't say this lightly. He says it in its true meaning. Like, he really kind of should be ashamed of himself. Like, he's racing 19-year-olds and construction workers that only have 25-kilometer roads to ride on. Oscar Sevilla should be 
like ashamed of himself because of what he achieved before, what he's who he's racing against now, and because the fact that he dopes so much that he can win any race that he's into as long as the place that he races in doesn't care about what he's doing. So that's but why also, he's in Colombia. He should be ashamed of himself because he's a horrible human being. Sorry. I just think I've heard now twice what he's making in Colombia, what his salary is. It's not too shabby. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Jag off. And uh, I'm just saying, when you see these guys, I mean, they have wheels with the logo of an energy drink that doesn't make bike wheels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some stickers that he got. Um, yeah, I, uh, God, I don't know. The cycling in Colombia. Not Colombian cyclists, but cycling in Colombia is so screwed up. It just aggravates me. To even think about it. But anyway, let's get back to um, the Eneco. Let's get back to Europe and important races. Eneco, Tour of Eneco, of course, is going on right now. And I don't know if a lot of people know that the Tour of Eneco is called Eneco because it's sponsored by the company named Eneco, which is the power company in, in the Netherlands. Anyway, uh, Omega Pharma Quickstep went all out with their classics team. Uh, Bonin, Stibar, Trenton, Terpstra, everybody's there. Belkin, Broad, Bom, and Seb Van Mark, and Balkan Molema, BMC, Van Avermaet, Berghardt, Trek, Cancellara, The Volder, Sky, Boston Hagen, probably his last race with Sky, and Dyer Quintana. <laughs> Looking at all these, like all these classics dudes, and then Nairo Quintana's brother is there. <laughs> Nairo Quintana's brother, Jesus, he's like. A twig. What the hell Did he, he do Perry Roubaix? Yes, he started yeah. Perry Roubaix. Yeah, and people Botsato is there in the Anico Tour, so that I know that Mike is watching. That's right. That's yeah. a good, it's a good race. It is actually a really really good race. I mean, so it's far, close. Um, Guardini won won the first stage, and then Stibar won the second stage, and then today uh, Tom Dumoulin beat Fabian Cancellara in the time trial by two seconds, which is amazing. And Lars Bom took over the leadership. But the stages to watch definitely uh, Friday, the fifteenth, uh, is stage crosses into into Belgium. It goes from Ger- Ger- Gerersbergen to Gerersbergen. They go up the Tenebos, they go up the Valkenberg, they go up the Muir and the Bosberg twice. It's an awesome stage. And then Saturday's stage on the 16th, the day after, is also in Belgium. They go up the Côte de la Redoux three times, including the finish line. Sunday is another crazy stage, and it's the last day of the race. So definitely check out the the Aneco. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are going to be two, two really, really good stages. And then the Tour de Laine in France... Um, Gianni Mirsman won the prologue today. Um, Roman Bardet is there. He's the he's the defending champion. Uran and Cavendish are there with Omega Pharma Quickstep. Team Colombia is there, and Team Ecuador with Segundo Messias, the only Ecuadorian in the Movistar Ecuadorian team. And uh, the stages stage three on the fifteenth um, has a mountaintop finish, lumpy stage, maybe w- worth watching. And then on the 16th, the day after that, is another mountaintop finish. So check that out. Um, that is the Tour de Line with the one and only second messiah, the Ecuadorian messiah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we imagine when the baby's born, then he grows up and he kind of realizes his name and his parents are like, no pressure, though. Oh, yeah, no pressure, dude. You're the second coming of the messiah. No big deal. 
Jesus Listen, or not, let's do you think, change the oh, subject to something more dude, important. I have Jesus, facts about Fresca. What if, what, what if Jesus Hernandez? What if Jesus Hernandez gets in a fight with Second Messiah? <laughs> did that you would know be that, awesome. Did you know that Lyndon Johnson had a soda fountain with Fresca installed in the Oval Office? <laughs> what? There was yeah, Fresca also, back then. Almost all the sweeteners they've used have been banned. <laughs> Ooh, banned by who? Cyclamate the by the or the UCI FDA, then saccharin, then uh, NutraSweet, but now they used some other thing. And also, they sell it in Colombia under the name Quattro. It's delicious. Oh, but, well, but some of the flavors refreshing: black cherry, cherry citrus, citrus lime, grapefruit, grapefruit mint, lemon, lime, and peach. And guess what? It's now av available in Algeria. So wait, wait, wait. So it's it's Lyndon B. Johnson had a. When was he president? Um, Mike, you're American. In the sixties. Huh. Wow. I he was. Get, this has been around forever. I always get Lyndon B. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah, six, sixty-three to sixty-nine. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, guys. Anything else? Were we supposed to talk about um, documentary film? Ah, oh, shoot, dude. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Slaying the Badger and the Pantani one and the Paul Kimmage. And Rough Rider. And Rough Rider. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, well, then let's, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about the... In my head, though, I'll, I'll warn you guys. In my head, the, the Paul Kimmage one and Slaying the Badger are like kind of one and the same because I've thought about stuff and I was like wait which one was that in? <laughs> because so the I, one that you wanted to talk about watched them. you said it was horrible and you hated Paul Kimmage no I oh Jesus Christ go by let's chillax over there Mr. Segundo Messias I never said I hated Paul Kimmage I said he comes off a bit, as a bit of a jerk he is incredibly selfish very arrogant with a lot of the questions that he asks he's bitter and he even admits yeah i'm bitter and i'm annoying and 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 I, somebody has to ask those questions and i'll be the one that asks. he's just bitter and just kind of like i don't know i was just like i don't know he comes off as a jerk that's all i can't remember specifically why i used to think that there were a couple of parts in the movie and a couple of things that he said or did that i was just like dude shut up i don't know i watched did you watch it class I did. What did you think? I mean, I, I mean, I, it was what I expected. I mean, that's that's yeah, his, I mean, that's how he is. It's the book. It's the book. In fact, it's interesting that they named the movie Rough Rider because the movie is certainly more about him than the sport. Like yeah. the movie comes off more about his challenge of of challenging the sport. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the focus is definitely more on him, and that's why it can come across like he's an he's an unyielding character. Like he does not care about the ramifications of any of the things he's doing. He just knows what he's doing is right. He obviously doesn't care what I think about him either. But no, I, I think that the sport it, it needs somebody like that, especially at a time like this. So I, I, it's, it's all good. I don't, I don't have a problem with him doing it. I just think he comes off as a jerk. And I wouldn't want to be his friend when he's like in the press room, nobody likes me. Whatever. Of course nobody likes you. You're a jerk. No, but the reason why they don't like him is because he's a jerk is because of what he's done, which well, I think I fair point to him that uh, does point out there's a bigger issue. And I think, you know, he's been through the mill. He's been sued. He's been all of this. So, yeah, he's going to be stubborn and dig his heels. He's been 
bashed over the head a million times by the most powerful people in the sport. Granted, but I think that he's not doing himself any favors by being so antagonistic and 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 just like just the amount of animosity that he's built up against himself is just silly. Just but no, I don't think he's done that to himself. I think think he's just been unwavering, and that has come his way because of how the sport is. I think his personality is that of a person that is so stubborn that he antagonizes people. And I, well, I think regardless of what he's doing or, 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 or what, well, I mean, I know people like him that are in all sorts of different walks of life. No, I mean, I think there's a quote in there that was interesting and telling, and it comes from his father, not him. I'm not saying this is necessarily true, but it's interesting. And his father says, Paul was born perfect into an imperfect world. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the most interesting parts of the movie for me is when they show the interview, the infamous interview, or, or when the, the, the infamous press conference, rather, when Lance Armstrong is there. And yeah. Paul Kimmich asks him a question. Yeah. And Lance says, what's your name? Oh, and Paul Kimmich is like, oh, good. I, won't, I wanted to talk to you. I just didn't know what you looked like. And then he just goes off at the whole, you're a cancer, whatever. You survived cancer. No, what was it? Like, he sur- this is during, after, after Lance's comeback and Paul Kimmich's uh, comment was something like. Well, you're a cancer to the sport. He survived. You survived cancer. Lance survived cancer. But now our cancer is back or something like that. And Lance took it like. Dude, that's that's disrespectful to everybody that has cancer or whatever. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, my father died of cancer, and I've been touched by cancer in many ways. I think that comparing a person to cancer is not disrespectful to cancer. It's just kind of like a figure of speech that has been used so often. Of course, but Lance saw that opportunity, and he knew he was going to be there. He no, had no, been it, called ahead of time. And oh. so he was ready. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, 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 definitely. But it's a really cool part. And I, I, even though I'd heard about the, the event, I'd never seen the footage. And it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I mean, cancer and, I mean, the only other thing that I can compare to cancer is knee herpes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing your job here, Mike. I know. What the heck? It's your middle name, knee herpes. It's not my middle name, no, but it is a cause that I'm very concerned it's, about. It's it's knee herpes. It's, it's your middle name. You're Dutch. I don't know. I'm I mean, doing I... a six k knee herpes walk this week. <laughs> uh, it's a walk because if you run, it'll burst. <laughs> I mean, for I the think... record, there's no such thing as knee herpes. Just tell Betancourt that. Yeah, tell that to Carlos Betancourt. Right now, he can't, right now, he, right now Betancourt can't hear you because all the fat from his neck is covering his ears. So he can't. Uh, no, 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 no. But with the Paul Kimmich thing, honestly, it's exactly what I expected of the book. I think if you compare his book to Dog in a Hat, you realize that, for example, not to say that they're analogous and they were written for the same reasons, but for example, Dog in a Hat is just, hey, this is what I went through, and oh, yeah, that stuff happened. Paul right, Kimmich. Right. That's his thing because it concerns him, and to some extent, he's voiced great concern about the people okay. that raced with him who died of heart attacks. Okay, that movie is really interesting, and if people haven't seen it, they definitely should. There's a lot of amazing parts in it. There's a lot of uh, interesting insights. And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not discrediting anything he's saying or he has said. I am not saying that he's not doing something that is. Uh, 
helping the sport and eventually, hopefully, people will see that a little bit more in the future. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying he's he's weird. There's a weird, there's something in there that is weird. That's all. I just think he's dug his heels in because of what he's been through, which is yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely, I'll give you that. Speaking of weird, though, Bernard Eno in uh, in slaying the badger, the movie. Yeah. Wow, it's unbelievable how they're talking about the tour that Le Monde was supposed to be, that he was supposed to be working for Greg. And when they ask him about that, he's like, well, no, what are you talking about? Like, how long has it been since that tour? And he still is convinced or still thinks that people believe for a second that he was actually helping Greg Le Monde. He's like, what is Clement complaining about? He won. Yeah. We just wanted to toughen him up and toughen make sure he was yeah. a worthy champion. But, you know, that makes me think of something. And forgive me because I'm going to be citing a, a cultural stereotype of the highest order, which is so forgive me for doing that because I don't know how accurate it is truly. But the the kind of idea that we have about the French of, you know, you do things for the sake of kind of beauty and ornament. And if you've ever seen the inside of a lot of early 80s, late 70s Renaults, you understand what I mean. Like, there's just things about those cars that don't make any sense, but they're just done that way. And I think hearing, you know, talk about that tour kind of struck me in that way that he's like, what would that victory have been if he hadn't beaten the best guy there? <laughs> that is so incredibly... It's bananas, self, especially like, when that's your teammate, because you would say, uh, number one, you said you would multiple times. Number two, he's your teammate. And I think he's saying, but it makes his um, victory more beautiful. Right. He's not only exonerating himself, it's actually making his acts... Um, Oh, yeah, because of me, better. Greg LeMond's victory is, is better. better. No, no, no. Yeah. He is so selfish. It's ridiculous how selfish he is and just how incredibly full of but himself. You know, and he's not the only one, though. Uh, what's his name um, that is also in the movie? Um, when they ask him, well, um, he, you know, actually made the promise to Greg LeMond in public. And he's like, no, he didn't. I never saw that. No, no, no. There is actual footage of him saying it in public. No, no, that was never really a promise. Dude, he promised them in front of everybody on oh, television. Oh, the director for TV. Yeah. yeah, what's his name? Um, I forget. He's got an yeah. awesome ponytail. He, it's ridiculous. I'm like, how are these people? But I you know, all I think... this time, why can't they be like, yeah, I know, we kind of screwed him but up. But I think, you know, after us. reading the book and now seeing this documentary... I realize if you follow the trajectory of Bernardino, you'd almost be foolish. And I'm not saying this in regards to Greg Lamont. I'm saying it with hindsight as an outside party who has nothing to do with it. You'd almost be foolish to think he's just going to actually do what he says. Like, he's kind of a, you know, kooky guy, like who is... You know, I mean, the whole thing about where his nickname came from and all of that. It's like when you see it all unfolding, you go, of course he would do that. Holy crap. It's maddening. And I in no way fault Greg LeMond for believing him. He should have. 
it it's insane that he did that to him. But when you see it all play out, you go, oh yeah, of course he would. Yeah, I think that what I found interesting is that throughout the movie and and even in the book, they they basically paint the picture that Greg LeMond and his wife were welcomed and very much liked and respected by Bernardino. And so it seems to me like there was no reason for them not to believe when he said, next year, I it's on. I'm going to work for you. So it, it's almost, you know, hindsight, of course. But now I think about it, like how, yeah, like you said, like how the hell could you have believed him for a second? You knew him. You know what he's capable of. You know what he's done in the past. I think Greg LeMond would say, even for him, this was over the top. Like this was the cherry at the end of his career. Like, this was Bernardino playing Bernardino. Like this was even for him, this was over the top. No, at the at the end of that stage where Eno and Lamond were on that interview in the interview at the end of the stage, and Eno's like, "Well, the tour's not over. I mean, you never know; someone could crash." And he's like, "Lamond is looking at him like, what the what fuck the- are you talking about? Yeah, That's it's amazing. surreal. That is amazing, unbelievable. unbelievable. And that by the way, is- Andy Hampton looks." 15 years younger than everyone else. <laughs> he does. It's a wonderful movie. People, they, you go out there and watch it. I don't know how you can watch it. Download it's on YouTube. It, buy it on... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's on YouTube. You're right, you're right. Um, it is amazingly entertaining. It has a lot of awesome old footage. Interviews with a lot of people. And... Uh, and Le Claire tracksuits. Yes, a lot of those. Oh, the Levi Claire. Um, oh no, no, the Renault winter hats, hats. like mm. the Belgian style. Oh my lord! Yeah, so much good footage, and just it's it's just such an appealing story. Um, I would still encourage people to read the book, regardless of whether or not they watch the movie, because the book is just amazing. Slaying the Badger is just by Richard Moore. It's such a good, good, good book. Sometimes I have to like push myself and. I have to work to get through cycling books sometimes. They're not really easy reads for me. But this book, I read the whole thing in like two sittings. It was just- See, meanwhile, for me, they're almost the easiest books to get through. I don't know why. I just don't. I mean, some of them have been very easy. But uh, like Lance's War was very easy. Was easy read. Anyway. Next time we'll talk about Accidental Death of a Cyclist. Oh, oh, that's the Pantani that's the Pantani documentary. Oh shoot, that's right. I haven't even seen that. You gotta go see. Get it. ready for get ready for some sick reenactments. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that there's reenactments in that. Yeah. I mean, so I looked up the actor who played Pantani. He has a Twitter account. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's a British. Now, do, maybe? Does no, he okay. have Does he have more or less followers than? Uh, or Renat. I don't know. I have to Renat. Look Renat. And Mike, you know what's going to be happening soon? After the Vuelta, we're going to be doing the podcast episodes that are all just you talking about cyclocross and your love for it. It's that time of year. God, it's already starting. Yeah. Pictures of tubular I... tires and dirt <laughs> and all kinds of shit is showing up on my feed. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when someone keeps changing the channel on your TV to something you don't want to watch. <laughs> Oh, Mike. Man, and I thought I disliked Cyclocross. Cyclocross is coming. 
There's no hiding from it. There isn't. There really is no hiding from it. There's going to be talk about the consistency of mud. Sometimes I had to carry my bike up the stairs today, and I was like, "This is who would voluntarily carry their bike up anything?" <laughs> Mike, you have to love it. No, you don't, Mike. I don't. Everyone, look forward to those episodes. As you can tell, Mike has a deep love for. Cyber. It will be 60, 60 minutes of dead air. <laughs> Which I'm sure some people would think is better than one sixty thing minutes of ambient noise out my window. My I neighbor doing her dishes. With Ryan Eno, my eighty-year-old topless neighbor doing her dishes in the window. <laughs> I like it. I like. It. I look forward to it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for downloading and listening. Uh, we'll be back with a little Vuelta España preview. I don't know at some point. And uh, Klaus, Mike, thank you as always. We're out of here. Peace. For you to tell the truth most dire They're like a traitor in our midst Who have invoked the captain's ire Don't deserve no mercy We ought to shoot him with a gun But I am not an evil man So first let's have a little fun We'll tie that scoundrel to a rope 